in my mirror, me in my bed, me in the pictures I make in my head, me. It is Friday, uh, March 25th, 2022. Thank you. We're coming at you live from the corner of Florida and 21st in beautiful San Francisco, California, here at Mutiny Radio, the number one place for comedy on the West Coast. <laughs> My name is Dan Brayton. I'll be guest hosting because Pam Benjamin, who's a busy, busy lady who's working her tail off, is booked in Oakland, so she's going to run. But she's going to start off the night with a kick-ass set for us. Oh, I'll just pepper mine in throughout the night. Everybody make some noise for the queen of San Francisco comedy, Pam Benjamin. I thought he was going to do a set. Hi. Oh, our real person is here. Yay. Joel's here. Yay. Yeah, you can turn it down. It's a little too hot, Scott. You can turn it down, like, quite a bit, actually. Thanks. Yay! Okay, yay! That's better. Yay! Hey, everybody. They say you should dress for the job you want. And I'm dressed like a 14-year-old stoner boy, so... Because I'm going to host a weed thing. Ah, I'm already stoned. I made um, weed sourdough bread. And I made a sandwich with two actual pieces. I'm so high. I've been seeing tracers all afternoon. I'm like, ah, is that real? Are there really cats here? Is there a raccoon across the street? Ah. I'm so high all the time. I have an edible complex. <laughs> Even my pee smells like weed. My poo smells like weed, too. That was crazy. Cool. Yeah, I've been, I'm having these sober days. Wow my weed intake has skyrocketed. <laughs> I feel so good. Cool. Cute caps. You seen them? You haven't, has no one, I can't believe no one else has seen the cute cops. Like now I'm starting to think I'm actually a crazy person because I've seen all the cute cops. They're going by in their cars. They're young. They're cute. They're all new. They're all new cute cops. Are they cute? You just haven't, you're like, you guys are like, Rah. yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been, I'm so lonely. <laughs> I'm either really lonely or I have Stockholm Syndrome. I've fallen in love with my oppressor. <laughs> I saw a cute little group of cops and I walked up to them. And I said, I hope that the SFPD makes a calendar and they put you in it. And I winked and I smiled. And the cop smiled back. How many lives did I save? Uh, ultimate white lady privilege. Use it for good. Smile at a cop. Save a life. Happy cops don't shoot people. I think if happy cows make good milk, what do happy cops make? <laughs> Not dead people. There were, I, used to, I used to babysit these two children, and they were twins, and they're so cute, and they're four years old. And I like to foster creative play. So we didn't watch any screen time. And we were playing together, and they tied me up to a desk chair with yarn, and they put tape over my mouth, and they got out a laser pointer, and they put it up to my hand, and they were like, I'm cutting off your hand. And I said, ow, ouch. Fostering creative play. And then they took the laser pointer to my foot, and they're like, I'm freezing your foot. Oh, cold, it's so cold, I don't know why. Took the laser pointer up to my chest, 
I'm breaking your heart. I was like, Daria, you need to stop, okay? <laughs> Society has broken my heart. What game are you playing of your own volition? And she looked at me and said, police state. <laughs> what, kind of a, what kind of Islamic police state is this? You're cutting off my hand? What is happening? What did I do? They put their little four-year-old heads together. They come back. You stole a laptop. You're going to cut off my hand because I stole a laptop? And then they looked at me and said, if you were black, we would have shot you. From the mouths of babes. It's not me. It's TV. How did they know? How did four-year-olds? Why? I should not be fostering that kind of creative play, I guess. It's... Yeah, all the kids now, they all have 11-year-olds have porn on their phone. That's crazy. I was on the bus and two kids behind me, one of them said to the other, I came on her chest so hard I knocked the wind out of her. And I turned around, I'm like, you're a 15-year-old. You didn't write that. What porn are you watching? Who wrote that line? That's good. That's a good line. Right? And the 15-year-old's just completely misusing it. Okay. You've given me, you've, are you not timing me? This has been at least four minutes. No, but I want, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I don't want to, that seems like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, what was the last thing I wanted to, I have to do more stoner jokes. Uh, you ever, you ever get so high, you forget how your own shower works? It's hot, it's cold. Airbnb being in your own house. This is fucking shower work. Why is there cat litter all over the floor? Paying a lot of money for this place. I smoke so much pot, I think you're high. <laughs> All right, uh, thank you guys. Keep it going for your host, Dan Britton. Yeah. Writing's on the wall. Make some more noise for Pam Benjamin, everybody. We would all be in worse off as comics if Pam wasn't in our lives, I'll tell you that. So we're gonna get going with the rest of the mic. Before we do, I just wanna give this a quick blessing from the gospel according to Mark Twain, if that's okay with y'all. So Mark Twain started writing his autobiography about 10 years before his death. And as he said, it was a process that only death could really complete. So this is just a quick little note that he left for all of the uh, comics in the room. And it will be our blessing for the evening. Perusing the contents, Mark Twain reflected on his autobiography on the fate of 19th century humorists. For the 40 years wherein I have observed, or I have been playing professional humorists before the public, he observed, a host of literary comedians have come and gone. Why have they perished? Because they were merely humorists. Humorists of the mere sort cannot survive. Humor is only a fragrance, a decoration. And why, he implicitly asks, have I lasted? Because he implicitly answers, I am a moralist, and they were not. Humor must not professedly teach, and it must not professedly preach, he continued. But it must do both if it would last for forever. By forever, I mean 30 years. With all its preaching, it is not likely to outlive so long a term as that. I have always preached. That is the reason that I have lasted 30 years. If the humor came on its own accord and uninvited, I have allowed it a place in my sermon, but I was not writing the sermon for the sake of the humor. 
I should have written the sermon just the same, whether any humor applied for admission or not. I am saying these vain things in this frank way because I am a dead person speaking from beyond the grave. Even if I would be to, even I would be too modest to say them. I think that we never really become our genuinely entire selves until we are dead, and not then until we have been dead years and years. People ought to start dead, and then they would be honest so much earlier. The Gospel, according to Mark Twain. That being said, we're going to keep the best open mic on a Friday in San Francisco going. We're bringing up a real heavy hitter. Everybody make some noise. You see him all over town, all the time. Dan Lewis, everybody. Thanks. Yeah, as he said, my name is Dan Lewis. Uh, my actual full name is uh, Samuel Langhorn Clemens. And I was born in uh, Hannibal, Missouri in 18 or whatever. I don't know. I came in with a Mark Twain quote, and I shall go out with a Mark Twain quote. Anybody get the Halley's Comet reference there? Not great. Okay. No, actually, my full name is Gerald Daniel Lewis, and I never actually hear that. I only ever heard it when my mom was mad at me. She'd be like, Gerald Daniel Lewis, and I knew, but it, was, it still scares me to hear it a little bit. I always thought it made me sound like a serial killer a little bit, you know, with the three names. And I realized, like, maybe that's why we give them, uh, all those notorious killers the three names, just because we're so mad at them, you know? John Wayne Gacy, you take that clown makeup and clean up that off and clean up that mess right now. Lee Harvey Oswald, don't you know that was the president? You get out of that book depository. All right. Someone was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and uh, uh, they're, they're a father. They, they caught their kid whacking off. He's like, your parents ever catch you whacking off when you were a kid? And I'm like, never actually caught me in the act, but that's not really how, you know, that's, you, I got caught the way that murderers get caught, you know? You don't get ca caught murdering. You get caught with a preponderance of evidence, you know? Like a bunch of missing socks. The mouse is on the left side of the computer. There's cummy footsteps leading up to the door. You build a case, you know? We have reason to believe he acted alone. All right. Oh, man. Had a, uh, had a breakup uh, right before COVID, and it was, uh, you know, I, I never could figure out whenever things weren't going that great in my relationship how much I'm supposed to work on it. People always say that. They're always like, really? Relationships are work. And it's like, well, how much, am I, how much of it is supposed to be work? Is it supposed to be 70% work, 30% work? I can never figure that out. I never liked the sound of that. Relationships are work. It's like, oh, great. I just got home from work. Let's work on this. This is fantastic. Try telling a guy from Europe that relationships are work, right? That's why all those guys cheat, right? They're not going to work like that. They have a 30-hour work week there. They're doing everything they can to avoid work. They take a nap for two hours. and they have, tell, Try telling a Spanish guy relationships work. and be like, no way. Spanish guy can't even, like, commit to an entree. They go with the small plates. Here, they're like, you still working on that? You're like, no, I don't want to work. <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, single and trying to, uh, doing the dating now. Bought some condoms, trying to, trying to, trying to date responsibly. Bought some condoms, got myself some magnums. Uh, also got some mediums and some smalls. Uh, I base it on the size of the vagina myself. Uh, it's up to you ladies. I don't know. I'm like a goldfish, you know, I'll just change size to whatever the habitat. Um. I like condoms because it lasts a little bit longer, you know, with a condom. 
That's, that's always been, that's always trouble. Like the first time I ever had sex, it was embarrassing. I was over in like 45 seconds. I was like, I had to be like, sorry, I came so quick. <laughs> but now, you know, I'm like, I've learned a lot about sex. I've learned about the female orgasm, for instance. That's right. So now I know enough to be like, sorry, you didn't come. Mm. Anyway, they say uh, if you finish too quickly, you know, you can uh, just think about something boring, you know. So I do that now. Sometimes I think about baseball. People say that works. It does work. If you do find baseball boring, incidentally, uh, I'm here to tell you that the exact opposite also works. Like if you focus hard enough on sex, it makes baseball go faster. <laughs> it's true. Take it from me. You blow a load like third inning, they kick you out of the stadium every single time. True story. <laughs> Thanks, you guys. <laughs> Make some noise for Dan Lewis, everybody. When he goes to watch the Giants, he's thinking about a whole different kind of ball game. Um, on my way over here, I, I was this close to witnessing a car accident. I was four-way stop sign at an intersection. I was the first car. There was another car coming this way. And then the other car ran the stop sign. They were about this close. I was like... Shit! I thought those were going to collide. Damn it. Why are your brakes so good, man? I was this close to seeing something cool on Friday. Anyway, we're going to keep the ball rolling. This next guy, you see him all around town. You hear about him on the streets. He's one of the most respected comics that I know of. Everybody make some loud noise for John Alcavez! <laughs> I'm respected. Who respects me? Um, <laughs> cool. Sound off in the comments. Um, I'm Jewish, and I don't like it when people say Jews control the weather um, because it's like, yeah, a few really powerful ones do, but I don't have anything to do with that shit. They're not letting my broke ass touch the weather machines, you know? Um, you guys, I don't know. It's weird because there's a lot of people who think that like the whole world is controlled by Jews, but it's not the people who have any reason to really think that. Like if anyone should think the world's controlled by Jews, it's Jewish children. Because every aspect of their lives is controlled by Jews. Their parents and other adults. But it's easy to fall into being radicalized when you're a Jewish child. It's easy to be like, yeah, it goes all the way to the top. Like there's a whole international Jewish conspiracy to not let me do my homework and uh, I was distracted by oh no did someone die was it did did RBG die again fuck um that's I can't believe it um do you guys all remember the controversy with the little Jewish goblins in Harry Potter um people got really mad at JK Rowling because in the first book Harry goes to the bank and the bankers are these little hook-nosed goblins and everyone was like we see what you're doing like those are clearly jews we you're not fooling anybody and then she even they made it into a movie and the director was like he really saw they shared a vision um and so the the, the goblins were it, it was it, she was playing into the stereotype that jews are like greedy little money goblins that work in finance which isn't quite true like there are some jews that work in finance yes and People who work in finance are sort of are greedy little money goblins for sure. But 
Doesn't mean all Jews are, you know? I don't know. Do you guys work in finance? Anyone here work in finance? Okay, well, if you do work in finance, great call, both working in finance and not saying anything just now. Great call. I just, I hope they're taking care of you. That's all I'll say. Because I did a TaskRabbit job once for this woman who, like, worked at some venture capital firm. I had to pick up a chair at her firm and bring it to her apartment. So I pick up the chair, right? And as I'm driving to her apartment, I'm thinking, like, okay, let's get ready for this fucking bougie-ass apartment. But what I saw was even more disturbing than that, which is that it just was not nice at all. I was like, oh, no, you did not ask for enough money for your soul. You really should have bargained for your eternal soul. You know what I mean? Like, because what are you doing when you're working at this com these companies? You're just like, I don't know. You're just like thinking of ways to siphon money to the top. So like, fine, you do that. But if you're going to do that and like cause the next economic collapse, like you should definitely at least have a crushed ice dispenser on the fridge. You're going to send us into another economic collapse and you don't have a fucking, you have vertical blinds. You're going to destroy the economy again for fucking, for plastic vertical blinds with dust on them. That's rough. Um, let's see. I, uh, I feel like cryptocurrency is like the, like the financial equivalent of playing with your food. Um, and that's not to say great things haven't happened, you know. Someone, at some point, someone was the first person to put raspberries on their fingers, but the luck runs out. I don't know, man. I feel like most dudes have fucking dipped their toe in the... Like, I've bought current cryptocurrency, but I also know that it's it's deeply embarrassing. And I shouldn't, like, make it a thing about myself. It's like porn. Like, if, you're, if it's really taken over a lot of your brain space, it's a problem. Because at first, it feels like, okay, I'm just having fun. And then eventually, you're like, what am I even looking at? What, <laughs> what is happening on this screen right now? Nobody knows. Um, all right, it's been my time. Thank you. Even though we'd sometimes, we're not get a bang. John Alcabez, everybody. Hell yeah. Sarah Guth, Guth, sorry, I have chorizo in my mouth. Sarah Guth is coming up next right now. Everybody make some noise for Nick. Thank you. I saw you the other day on the street, right? And we like didn't know each other, but we kind of half did. Oh, wow. What's your name? <laughs> Dan, okay. You reminded me of something when you said that car crash story. The other day I saw, like, ahead of me, a woman crossing the sidewalk and not paying attention. And a car was coming. And I was like, that car is going to hit her. And it's interesting to know how you react in, like, that situation. I just went, look out at that exact level and decibel. She didn't get hit, thankfully, but I'm not sure who that was for. Like, my to ease my conscience later if she died, it's like, at least you said something. Um, I'm also I'm applying for a bunch of jobs right now in tech companies, and they're just all the same, you know? They all have that same description. And I just feel like tech is one big pyramid scheme because each tech company exists to make other tech companies more efficient but I'm not sure which one's actually doing something. Even our, you know, phallic overlords, Salesforce, 
our uh, tech Sauron, like what do they do? They help you keep track of the sales process. You know what else does that? A spreadsheet. They're a glorified spreadsheet worth $60 billion. It'd be great if as I was saying that, just a, a light, a laser came down from the tower and I evaporated into cryptocurrency. Just I forgot what's next, hang on. Salesforce, tech companies. Oh, I turned 30 yesterday. For, forgot that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it wasn't that, birthdays have never been that big a deal to me. But people keep asking like, you know, it's 30, is it didn't mean anything. And for me, it's just like, when I get out of the shower and I can see my scalp in the mirror now, that's it where my hair is falling out and I'm like, oh no, I'm dying. But that's the only like noticeable one. And it kind of, eventually I'm gonna shave it, you know, that last like ditch effort at control where you're like, you're not breaking up with me cause I'm breaking up with you. And, uh, but I'm worried cause like not, buzzed heads typically I think fall into two groups of people for men. It's either guys going bald or white supremacists. And I don't know how to advertise which group I belong to. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, I might run out of time. A minute, I'll just try anyway. If I go past a minute, just make a hand signal. Uh, so earlier this year, I went to a sober dance because my life is going fine. And it was just as bad as you think. And I felt so awkward. It was like back in eighth grade where I was just looking around. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Is grinding still a thing? I hate that grinding's my like generation's contribution to the world of dance. Other eras have like swing dancing and whatever flappers did in this one. But for us, like if I have a kid and he asks like, oh, how did you and mommy used to dance? Well, we would smash our genitals together and just rub. Oh, f for how long? Oh, till the sweat dropped down our balls. All right, that's it for me. I just want to pull the room. Should we sing happy birthday? Or should we not sing happy birthday? Greg said yes, so we have to do it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. What's this guy's name again? Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. You reminded me there's another Twain speech in here about advice to youth. We'll get to that. But first, who else is excited? Ladies and gentlemen. Sarah Goop! Hey, everybody. Uh, so I've never been one of those, like, put-together people with habits who, like, go to the gym every... You're already laughing. That's not a good sign. Uh, no, I've never been one of those, like, with habits who go to the gym every day. But, guys, these last two weeks, I've cried every day. <laughs> it counts! I'm just sweating from my eyes. No, sometimes it really does feel that involuntary. And like, it sucks, because like, I've always hated that stereotype that like women are hormonal. 
<laughs> but then yesterday I started crying into a water fountain at a playground full of kids. And I was like, well, at least I'm not a hormonal man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like you guys get hormonal too. You just don't cry from your eyes. You do it from, yeah. Like our hormones might ruin our makeup, but your hormones can make you a sex offender and ruin your lives, so <laughs> there. Um, now, I, I, did, I did try therapy for the first time during the pandemic. Um, it's a very sad year. It's okay, it didn't work. Now I'm just sad and poor. Um, no, but to be fair, I don't think I was doing it right because uh, I didn't tell anybody I was going to therapy. Um, and it seems like the way it works for other people is you gotta like work it into as many conversations as possible, especially at work. And it's like the emotional superiority that makes you feel better. You're nodding. This is an unpopular opinion that I share with my boyfriend. Um, no, uh, you wanna know something really depressing though? <laughs> Haven't been depressing enough yet. So I, us comics, like we work our asses off, right? Every night telling jokes, but some rando can murder a few people. <laughs> Suddenly they're guaranteed a Netflix special. It's fucked up, right? It's fucked up. I'll get a little bit lighter. Um, so my boyfriend likes to joke that he's a better person than me because uh, he's vegetarian and I'm not. Uh, I'm just like, you told me after we graduated from college, you with your BA in environmental literature, that you were going to stop eating meat because you couldn't afford it. And then like six months later, you were vegetarian for sustainability reasons. Yeah, I mean, like, unless you meant sustainability of your finances, that's like if I crashed my car and then told people I did to save the environment. I do, I, I do really respect people that don't eat meat for the environment. Um, but you know who I don't respect? You can just, like, shut up. Uh, people who don't eat meat because they love animals. Because they never just love animals, right? They always love animals instead of caring about people. Like, don't you like kind of get the sense of like, you know, super against animals in cages, but you know, immigrants, like those are okay, you know? <laughs> no one gets that vibe, okay. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, sometimes they'll tell you like, you know, why they hate people and love animals. Like people are just so violent and destructive. Like, we're violent? You see what your cat does to birds? It's not like they're using every part of the bird too, you know? Some of you guys are like, yeah, fuck cats. I'm a dog person. <laughs> Dogs are no better. Dogs are no better, right? Like, I mean, like, you think your dog just likes playing tag with the neighborhood squirrels? No, nah, dogs are just as violent. They just suck at catching things. Um, and I'm going to leave you with that. Uh, this has been fun. <laughs> Give it up for your host. Give it up for Sarah Guth, everybody. I don't know what she has to be depressed about. She's smart, she's funny, and she's got a hell of a sense of fashion. Don't you all agree? Yeah. All right, Lauren Kraut's not here. Um, so Greg Capra is going to, it's Capra, right? He's going to come up next. Before we do that, I'm just going to read one quick um, piece from the gospel according to Mark Twain. This is from a speech called Advice to Youth. Being told I would be expected to talk here, I inquired, what sort of thing ought I to make? 
They said it should be something suitable to youth, something didactic, instructive, or something in the nature of good advice. Very well. I have a few things in mind which I often long to say to the instruction of the young, for it is in one's tender early years that such things will make the best root, and by enduring and most valuable. First, then, I will say to you, my young friends, and say it beseechingly and urgingly, always obey your parents when they are present. This is the best policy in the long run, because if you don't, they will make you. Most parents think that they know better than you do, and you can generally make more by humoring that superstition than you can by acting on your own better judgment. That being said, yes, that's what I went to RADA for. Everybody make some noise for Greg, not Greg, Greg Capra, everybody. I always love following Mark Twain. I always do best after Mark Twain poetry reads. <laughs> uh, how's it going, guys? Happy Friday. Awesome. All right, a little low energy. <laughs> uh, things are good. Things are good for me. Uh, I'm in a good relationship. Um, feels like my friends are trying to sabotage me, though. Like, my friends keep throwing out divorce statistics. They're like, you know, more than half of relationships end in either divorce or arson. And I'm like, yeah, well, 100% of people who say that don't have friends. So pick a side. <laughs> I, it's good. I, I, kinda, I like being in a relationship, though. It's fun. Like, the roles are defined. Like, her job is to provide financially, and my job is to provide laughter. That's the agreement we have worked out. But to be honest, I'm making her laugh every day. She only provides money biweekly at best. I think I'm carrying this relationship. Like, if our relationship was the Golden State Warriors, I'm Steph Curry and she's Draymond Green. Like, without her, we couldn't operate, but you know who you came to see, you know? <laughs> it's good. Sometimes she'll say, though, like, you know, don't quit your day job. I'm not going to pay for you to sit around and write jokes all day. Just hurtful. First of all, I do other things, okay? I jog. Second of all, consider it role-playing. I'm just role-playing as someone who needs financial assistance. It's very hot. It's modern. Also, medieval kings and queens used to pay to have court jesters entertain them all day. I'm basically a court jester who goes down on you. <laughs> That's a great deal for you. Money can't buy happiness, but jokes and sex definitely can. should tell her that. I forget my next joke, but I set it as my lock screen because I knew this, this would happen. How much time do I have? Four minutes? <clears throat> when I got into relate, no, that would be terrible if I just transitioned like that. Uh, the, the one thing I, uh, one of the things I don't like about being in a relationship, no one told me that you'd have to sleep next to someone every day. I don't mean like sleep with someone, I mean like sleep next to someone. Those are two very different things. Sleeping with someone's fun, flirty, sexy. Sleeping next to someone sucks. <laughs> it fucking sucks. Right? I don't know what it is about women, but when they see a queen-size bed, they turn into conquistadors. <laughs> they see all that open linen, and they're like, I need it. I need all of it. <laughs> like, my girlfriend's against gentrification, but when she gets in bed, she displaces the mattress space I've had for decades. I'm like, listen, babe, I worked my way up from a twin to a queen, all right? I earned this 
Memory foam. I just forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot my next joke. Woo! Uh, in the middle of the night, I'll look over, and she's just like in the middle of the bed, curled up, snoring, probably dreaming about dandelions and meadows. And I'm in my, my like government-provisioned Section 8 housing part of the bed, just cold and miserable. And it's in those moments where I'm like, all right, I get it. Divorce or arson. Those are the only two ideas here. Uh, I'm going to transition. I have a friend who runs for fun. Do you guys know these people who run for fun? He always talks about the runner's high. He's like, yeah, man, a few miles in. You just feel a rush. You get all warm and tingly. You can't feel your toes. I'm like, all right, man, that's cool. I see. But also, while you're running, are you doing ketamine? Are you doing that while you're running? I think if running does get you high, then it should be considered a drug, and I want it criminalized. Yeah, lock him up. I think anything over a mile should be considered a Schedule One substance. Yeah. I'm going to start an AA for runners. First meeting, turn in your ASICs. Turn in your ASICs and anything made out of mesh. I don't want to see that anymore. You're not going back to Foot Locker. You're done. <laughs> One more joke, I promise. Second meeting, how to rub the sunscreen all the way in. That seems to be, all right, didn't hit. Seems to be a problem I see a lot. All right, bye. <laughs> Greg Capra, everybody. The, the sleeping next to somebody thing is real. Like, you ever been sleeping next to somebody and, like, they take all of the covers and, like, you feel like you're about to fall off the side of the bed and you're like, move over, I'm about to fall off the side of the bed. And they're like, so am I. It's like, how how is this affecting both of us? Like, this bed is three miles long and we're taking up way too much space. Whatever. All right. Whatever. Is Dory in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Standing right there. <laughs> Everybody make some noise really, really loud for Dorian Trog! You guys think it's okay to hit a child? So I was um, <laughs> babysitting my niece for a couple of days, and uh, you know she was having one of those like really bad days. You know what I mean? You know, like I, she got mad because I wouldn't let her eat my meth. <laughs> she was like, "I hate you," and it just like knocked her bowl of cereal onto the ground. You know, in that moment, I thought I was like, "Ooh, it'll be so easy just to be like." Ugh. But I know better because, uh, you know, uh, growing up, my parents hit me, and a lot of people, like my friends and my cousins, like we all got hit. So you know, we we grew up different. Now we're like, you know, we we try to talk to kids, and we want to be. You know, just talk to them like a person and like tell them about, you know, our emotions and they'll understand. So I looked at her, I, you know, she knocked over her I'm like, all right, Madeline, um, you really hurt my feelings. And tonight, when you go to sleep, I'm going to kill myself for what you just did. It was crazy. Like the next couple of nights, she just like sat in her little chair in my, uh, in my bedroom. She's just like trying not to fall asleep. She's like, I don't know. I don't know if that taught her a lesson or not. But could we, I mean, honestly, could you really teach, like, a kid anything? Like, they, they talk and say the things, like, adults do, you know what I mean? But, like, the things they do, like, if they did that stuff as an adult, like, you would think they're a psychopath, you know? When I was babysitting my niece, she would just, like, leave me messages on the wall. And, like, a scraggly crayon. She was just like, I see you, and smiley face. 
Like that's that's just awkward. You know, I mean, she would like rub crayons in her hand until it melts, and then she just walk up to him and just like smashing into her head, just looking at him. Just, I'm like looking. At him, I'm like, what are you doing? I don't know. Like I don't. Is it really a teaching moment? Like how can you reason with someone like that? You know what I mean? Like what what am I supposed to tell her? Like, well, in society, some things are just not a. I don't think so. So instead, I just told her, I'm like, uh, tonight I'm going to kill myself when you go to bed. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think I want to have kids. Uh, <laughs> you know, just because I, I feel like I wish I knew some of the things, I wish I knew things I know now as a kid, you know what I mean? Like, every single adult in here knows a secret that none of the kids know, and that's we can't do shit to them. And if someone does do shit to them, it will it will go really bad. They'll probably end up in a ditch. But like, where are the odds, right? Like, if I had a kid, I'd be like, "Hi, Bobby. Uh, you want to go tell Miss Becky she's a bitch? Go ahead. She's not gonna do anything. But what if she makes me stand on the wall? Just don't fucking do it. Like that's like if I was a kid and I like knew all these things, I would be like the coolest kid ever. You know what I mean? Like we all remember like all these shitty teachers we have. Every time someone says like, "Oh, teacher's a hero," we're like, "Ugh." You know, I remember that lady that just tried to make us do silent, sustained reading. Fuck that shit. Anyway, I think I heard the beep a long time ago. Thank you. Dorian Strong, everybody! All right. All right, let's keep the energy going, y'all. Let's keep it going. All right. Your next comedian is a super awesome, super funny person. They are the recent recipient of a bitchin' new tattoo as of earlier this week. Everybody make some noise for Riley Shagano! Thanks for ruining my joke. Uh, no, I'm joking. <laughs> um, we'll cover that, all right. Hello, everyone. I'm going to not be weird with the mic. <laughs> um, Sarah was talking about being depressed, and I, too, have been very depressed lately. I took a break from comedy uh, for like a month now, and I decided out of my depression, because I'm 24 and I felt like, you know, you know how they say in your youth, like, go crazy. I went a little too crazy. I flew too close to the sun, as they say. I got a tattoo. I wouldn't recommend getting a depression tattoo, but uh, it was pretty fun. But do you know those those mom heart tattoos? And it has like heart and then it says mom in it. Um, so I wanted one of those, but I was like, I don't want it for my mom. I already got one for her, it's fine. I got one for my dad. And then my friend was like, all right, what name? Like I'm about to do it right now. And I'm like, mine, put my name in the center. So right now I have a mom tattoo, but with my name in the fucking center. <laughs> People keep saying that I'm conceited. Nope, um, I'm just dumb <laughs> and sad. But uh, the best part about this tattoo, though, is now I like if I forget to spell my name. And I was thinking, too, if I was in bed with a guy and they forget my name, I'm like, <laughs> it's right fucking there. It's like a walking name tag. Um, I'm half French and half Japanese, and which is funny because I look Mexican. I get told that all the time, and I get told by Asian people, actually. Asian women think that I'm Mexican more than Asian. I'm like, I play for the home squad. It's us. Like, it's, I'm in this with you. I'm like 50-50. But um, 
So like my dad's super, he's super loving and supportive, just a little bit warmer. And my mom's very blunt, very hard. And I'm just gonna let the audience guess which one you think is white and which one you think is Asian. Now go. <laughs> no, no, I'm joking, yeah, she is. Um, but I found out this stat and it was like 90% of like white Asian relations, like relationships, uh, the male is most likely to be white. That's not a real fact, but it sounds pretty real though, right? Doesn't it sound pretty real? Every time I say that, people, I every single time, people go, that sounds true. And I'm like, I know, right? I know, someone should do the facts about that. Um, but growing up, I'm born and raised in the city, and being born and raised here, woo, anyone else born and raised? Woo, oh my God, this is probably the most people I've ever seen in the smallest audience of people to be born and raised here, it's lovely. But um, I'm born and raised in the city, and growing up here, there's this thing called Asian Basketball League. This is a real thing, look it up, it still happens. You have to be a certain percentage of Asian to play basketball as a kid. Just to take that in, first of all. I didn't, didn't realize that the Asians took basketball, but I guess we claimed it as our own now, so. But um, no one believed that I was Asian, clearly. They were like, who's this little Hispanic girl running around with this basketball? Um, but they would make me bring my mom and a birth certificate, like to play basketball. I'm like, I can't even throw the ball over my, like over arms, like really? But um, you can definitely tell though I did not fit in solely based off the fact that I was like 5'3 and everyone else was four foot and I was overweight and running down the fucking basketball court like Shrek, oh my God. Uh, it was bad, but isn't that, it's, you literally have to be 50% to play basketball as a little Asian kid. So take that in, do what you will with it. Oh, thank God. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, I recently heard one of my friends having sex. Yeah, uh, he, but he has a lisp. And I'm not sure if you've just heard a normal human talking to you with a lisp. It's pretty silly, personally. It's hard to hold back the laughter, but, um, but think in terms of sexy. Uh, through the wall, I heard him say, yeah, you like this cock? And I'm like, oh God, put it away, <laughs> fuck. He's like, say my name. I'm like, Max, stop, bro. <laughs> oh my God. And she was like, Max. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm like banging on the wall, like, fucking stop. Oh my God. She has enough. God, put a tape on him. I don't know. Maybe suffocate him enough. All right, that's my time. I'm Riley. Have a good one, everyone. Make some noise for Riley, everybody. I just learned that Riley is a total asshole because she was like, thanks for ruining my joke. I was like, oh no, <laughs> it's okay. Imagine being like, imagine trying out for like the Asian Basketball League and you're like 49.9% and they're just like, get out of here. <laughs> All right, your next guy is probably one of the most prolific writers I've ever met. He's really awesome. He's really fucking talented. Everybody make some noise. Ian Langlitz, everybody. Compliments. Thank you. Prolific writer. You hear that, buddy? I gotta live up to that now. We'll start with something hot then, huh? I don't respect DJs. <laughs> don't respect DJs. I don't know how that's a profession. 
You can make money off playing other people's music. Seems kind of easy to me. Not only that, but people have favorite DJs. They have a favorite, and not, I'm not talking about like Dead Mouse or Skrillex or something. I'm talking about DJs. Like people are like, man, I love the way he plays the song to the end, and then when that song ends, he starts another song. That is so crazy. And, he, and then he'll be talking to his friend. His friend's like, yeah, I love it when he slows down the ending, and then when that song ends, he starts another one at regular speed. It's like, I don't understand what we're doing. That's like if I came up here and I was like, you guys ready to laugh? And then I just played George Carlin jokes out of my phone. Seems kind of fucking ridiculous, doesn't it? It's like cheating. Also, the amount of equipment they use, it's more equipment to play other people's music than it is to just like have a guitar and an amp, you know? (laughs) And way less impressive. Okay, any DJs in the house? Yeah, go fuck yourselves. You guys follow Biden on Twitter? Anybody follow him? Very interesting. No, he's not interesting at all. But it's funny to think of him tweeting, isn't it? It's very interesting to see him like pick up his phone and like tweet something. Like Trump, it fits his character. It's very in his character to like tweet. But Biden is like, I cannot imagine him doing anything with a phone. But he like, he like wakes up. He's like, Good morning, followers. I love you. Like it's just interesting to me. The other day he tweeted about gas prices. He was like, Gas is too high. And I read it. I was like, yeah, and then I was like, wait, aren't you the president? (laughs) Like, I know he has no direct effect over that stuff, but like, he can make a phone call, right? (laughs) He can like have some kind of meeting to get the ball rolling on this. I feel like tweeting should not be in the priority of getting stuff done. Like, he's not like a woman named Samantha who just bought a Hummer complaining about gas prices on Twitter. He's gotta got some jurisdiction over what can happen, right? I'd like to think that Whenever he wants to solve a problem in America, though, he just tweets out, and he, and he hopes that that's what changes it, you know? Tweet something like, prayers for your Ukraine. We, they need our help. <laughs> one like equals one prayer. And everybody's like, wait, can't you actually help? And he's like, nope, red heart, prayer emoji. That's his, uh, okay, cool, yeah, that was good, huh, guys? <laughs> yep. How much time we got here, Dan? Uno momento. Okay, we'll do a quick one then. I, uh, I'm a young man. Guess how old I am? Hmm, good guess. I'm 22. 22 years old. I love being young. If you're not young, you should try it sometime. Um, <laughs> it's great. I love being young, but I'm getting older. I'm getting older. I could feel like I, I could feel myself getting older. I don't like it. I know I'm getting older because my aunts don't comment on my height anymore. They don't, <laughs> they're not surprised of how tall I am. I think that's a little worrying. But I'm doing, old, I'm doing stuff before I should be doing it. I'm doing it before my age bracket. Like I'm doing stuff people do in their 30s. Like I just started watching like Extreme Home Makeover and drinking wine. I feel like that's like a 33-year-old thing. That's not really what I should be doing. If my name was Jessica and I was 33, that would make sense. But that's what I'm doing and I don't like it. God, I really lost the ball here. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, at this rate, I think I'm going to start doing, like, 60-year-old shit when I'm, like, 28, and that's too much. Like, I'm going to start getting into World War II documentaries. Did your, did your dads do that? Did anybody's dad do that when they, like, turned 60? They became, like, experts on, like, the war in the South Pacific. Like, I'll be on the phone with my dad, and he's like, you will not believe the artillery Japan had in Iwo Jima. And I'm just like, Dad, focus here. Is Mom alive or not? We don't got time for this. All right, that was a good laugh. I'm going to end on that. Thank you, everybody.
Ian Langlands, everybody. He's going to hate my ass for that intro that I gave him, I guarantee you. My dad is obsessed with, uh, with World War II documentaries, too. He watches them every night before he goes to bed, and, like, he can't fall asleep without, like, the TV on. And it just totally speaks to my dad's character that the thing that puts him to sleep is, like, men just screaming in a war. <laughs> anyway, your next comic is a neighborhood favorite, and he's very deserving of that. Everybody make some noise for Brady Pearson! Oh my god, hello everybody. Okay, let me get this out of the way. All right. Welcome and bienvenue, welcome. Okay. It's, it's, it's timely, isn't it, right now? It's the 20s, we're getting ready for war. I'm very excited, right? Let's do some flashbacks. Bring on that war, because you can't have 100 years without a fucking war. Right? So I'm going to, two Bradys, mm-mm, two Bradys. That's just me, I'm just going off. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, nothing thrills me more than when 30-year-olds go, I'm 30. <laughs> I just turned 30. I literally have underwear older than you. In my drawer right now. Probably looks a little bit better. It's better worn, likely. <laughs> well, at least it has some smell and some essence. You know, a good season, 30 years. I mean, I think that most 30-year-olds don't even get that seasoning yet. I mean, it takes at least... I don't know. I mean, I've been, I've been around for a long time. I've been... Let's say I was born in 1970. That means I have been out there sucking cock and doing all the crazy shit for a really long time. I mean... I have been sucking cock so long, I have probably swallowed some of your siblings. <laughs> You're welcome. You didn't want to deal with them anyway, did you? And your dad was great about it. He really was. Is that too much, dad jokes? You don't like that? I mean, I'm old enough to be your dad, so I can at least make that joke. Right? Delicious. Speaking of delicious, um... Okay, so I've been around a long time, and uh, I've sucked a lot of dick, and a lot of lot, and it begs the existential question, how many miles of cock have I sucked? <laughs> I mean, people want us to be ashamed of it. They want us to think about it like, you fucking cocksucker, you know, da, da, da. Well, it's like, I have been doing it so long, and I'm proud of it. So then I thought, okay, the average cock is what for you, Six? Maybe? Okay, I'll generous? Okay, good, 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 okay. Stay with me. After the show. <laughs> okay, we can do this together. After the show. Okay, <laughs> enough learning. So, <laughs> six up, six down, that's a foot. There are 5,000... 5,200 feet in a mile. And let's see, I did the math, it's about 108,000 miles, that's 108,000 feet, da-da-da-da-da. That's 26 miles which is a marathon, which explains last weekend. <laughs> you know, we do it better than you guys. I mean, we really do. I mean, I mean, I mean are, are there any cocksuckers in the room? Do we all like cocksucking? You don't like it? You, why do you do it? 
Do you do it up for power play? Well, I mean, that's what we do it for. I mean, oh, so it's a one for one transfer. Okay, so if he's not doing that shit, then you're not getting any of that shit. No sucky sucky. Because, you know, like, I also realized, like, I probably sucked enough cock to go to Beijing and back. <laughs> Who needs a passport when you have dick, right? She's coming, she's coming to part of the seams, ladies and gentlemen. She's coming to part of the seams up here. And you can see that later after the show. Okay. I'm also very excited about um, our new white supremacist overlords that are coming. Aren't you excited about it? I am. Because I feel like we should greet them with fragrances for the new American condition. And there's one that I came up with, and it's called White Woman. And you gotta say it like that, man. You gotta be like, white woman. <laughs> the tagline for it is always in front. Don't, uh, gentlemen, I don't want you to feel left out because there's a fragrance for you. It's called Entitled. It's how you feel. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Okay. Maybe I should just stick to jokes, but my jokes aren't very funny, so maybe I'm fucked either way. Oh, but speaking of getting fucked, there we go. <laughs> so I'd like to leave you with a little song that I wrote called Little Orphan Fanny, and it goes a little something like this. <clears throat> Your son will come out tomorrow. Bet'll be a bottom and he'll swallow all my cum. He'll be gay and he won't be lonely. I'll jizz on his chin, he'll grin and say, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll bottom, tomorrow, it's only a gay away. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Brady. Make some noise for Brady Pearson. You're not a comic, are you? Why not? Okay. Um. <laughs> okay, well, good night, everybody. <laughs> um, we had a, a ton of people sign up, and they didn't show up, but we're just going to keep rocking and rolling with everybody who does show up. This next lady, I can't tell you how glad I am that she's here. She's awesome. She's funny. She's cool. She's smart. She's the best audience member in the Bay Area. Everybody make some noise for Ashley! Oh, what, what a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much. Get up for our host. This cute little pink hoodie. Oh my gosh. So fucking cute. Wow. Oh, Brady, Brady set just inspired me to do a little a little ditty for you guys. I'm gonna ruin the sound of music for everybody. Yay. High on a hill was a lowly gothard. Lay o lay o lay o. She yodeled back for the lowly gothard. Lay o lay o lu. Yo lay he. Yo lay he. Yo lay he. Yo lay Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I just, I just do that for extra applause, thank you. Uh, no, so The Sound of Music, it's a beautiful story about a woman that's a nun, a virgin, saving herself for the Lord. 
and she gives it all up for a guy with seven kids and no job. Sir, would you want your daughter at the age of 18, the fresh young thing, fresh spring chicken, to go and be with a guy with seven kids? And, and he doesn't want to work. He doesn't want to do it. What can he provide? He doesn't have a job. I'm sorry, Captain Von Trapp. You don't want to work for the Third Reich. You have seven college funds that you're going to have to pay for. Five weddings. I'm sorry, like, Maria, climb every mountain. You need to climb that dick. You need to make sure that your husband has transferred his 401k into the Swiss bank before y'all walk across the Alps. Fuck. I can't watch this movie now, and I love the sound of music. Like, like it just takes up so much room in my brain. Like every night in the first grade, I watched it before I went to bed. Like I love the music, but but looking at it now with my ho isms, it's like Maria, what the fuck, man? So I wanted to rewrite um, uh, my favorite things because all of that shit that she talks about is kind of like eh, whiskers on kittens. I don't really like cats. No. No, so I want to redo a lot of some of those things of my favorite things. Lines of cocaine and 1,000-piece puzzles. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, yeah. <laughs> um, blunts with hemp wraps and good sativa hybrids. Bondage with gags, tie me up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. When my boss bites, when the fees sting, when I'm going mad, I simply remember my favorite things and then I don't feel so bad. All right, we're, yeah, thank you, yeah. So, um, Ladies and, and, and Brady, have you ever smelled your hair and said, yep, that's what a cum mop smells like? It smells like snot, semen, vomit, tears, self-doubt. And there's this moment after the shame dissipates and you're like, I did that to I did that. Because making three cocks come at the same time is not easy, ladies and gentlemen. It is fucking art. And that's the come for those, yeah. <sighs> so there aren't enough women serial killers out there in the world. <laughs> if I was a serial killer, I would call myself the come up. <laughs> yeah. Um, now let me preface this. I'm I'm obsessed with the Zodiac Killer, and instead of sending rambling letters and puzzles to the police and to the press, I would send different sized panties to throw off the cops, and each of those panties would have a cum sample of my victim. And I would send those panty samples to to ESPN because that's what those straight men are watching, and and to CNN and to to Fox News, and then they'd be like, the come up, the come up is struck again, the come up is struck again. And after me killing thousands of people in places where they're banning ab abortion, like Oklahoma and in Texas and in Georgia, I'll have killed thousands of men. And, and they'll finally hear from me. And, and they'll be like, the come up has finally spoken. This is the come up speaking. When it's like, this is the come up speaking. I'm going to kill a man every single day until abortion is, is illegal and free for all women. Feminine products are free for all women in the world. And, uh, and birth... Birth control is available to everybody. Those would be my terms. But here's the thing, guys. Nobody would be forced into anything. Gentlemen, do you want to be my victim?
can I have a sample, please? Listen, I'll suck and fuck you all three holes tonight, but you'll die. It'll be the best sex of your life. It'll be the last. We'll talk after, yeah. Every single time I tell this joke, somebody comes up to me. A man usually says, my car yours. Every single time. All right, that's my joke. My name is Ashley Tomage, and thank you guys. Have a good night. Give it up for our host, everybody. Well, we all learned a little bit more about ourselves in that set, didn't we? It's a weird dichotomy whenever you run into a woman and you just think to yourself, I don't know if I want you to fuck me or kill me. <laughs> that being said, we're going to keep the show on rolling. Your next uh, comic is probably the most fashionable comic in the Bay Area, other than yours truly with this pink sweatshirt right now. Everybody make some noise for Hillary Lennon! Hi everyone. Ashley, that is a really tough act to follow. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Yeah. Um and the funny thing is that's not the first time I've heard that joke, but every time I'm always like <gasps> scandalized by it. Um but let's go in a little bit of a different direction. So, if you don't want to be a serial killer for your life, I've decided actually that I'm going to I don't need to do stand up anymore. What I really need to be doing is I need to become a motivational speaker. Yeah, because if you're wondering what kind of credentials I have, right? Like who, like you feel like you see these people, they become life coaches and everything. And they're like, who the fuck are you? I know you and you're a total fucking mess. And you're going to be telling people what to do with their lives. But let hear me out. I've actually got some real world experience <laughs> because I pass off as, pass myself off as like a responsible adult who dresses very fashionably, apparently, so that was very nice, um, who also, uh, you know, can sometimes hold down a job and make a lot of money doing that and, like, looks respectable and, and adult-like. But in reality, I've just been, like, flailing about my entire life. For example, I did not... I got expelled from high school two weeks before graduation, right? And so you're like, that's kind of fucked up. And... But the thing is, I did graduate because all of my teachers liked me when I got expelled, and they let me take my exa final exams of my senior year in the guidance counselor office. So I cheated on every single one of them. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not much cheating you can do to help with calculus. So I still got like a C on that one, but whatever. The, when they gave me my diploma, like I didn't get to walk or anything like that. They some. Some poor office schlep had written my name. They tried to make it fancy. Like, it was just like a blank space. They tried to make it fancy, and it just had my name, and it was spelled wrong. So, but then it doesn't end there. So then I do get myself into college, and I flail about. I took five years because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And then I am five credits away from graduating from college. I, no. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Who doesn't actually, you're that, you're that fucking close. You're that close to graduating. My grandfather, who thank God he's dead, used to fucking bring it up every single time I would see him. He'd be like, you graduate from college yet? I'd be like, no, that was 12 years ago. Of course I didn't graduate from college. So the thing, here's the trick to how to 
not graduate from college and still get gainfully employed with a nice professional job, first of all, lie. Just say that you graduated from college. That's step one. And then step two is don't pay off your final tuition bill because the thing about it is if you don't pay your tuition, they won't release your transcripts. So then they can't verify that you have not graduated from college. <laughs> right. See, I have real world practical experience on how to be a total fuck up and still be successful. It would be like the secret to my success if you're a total loser. That would be the name of my program, right? So, yeah, and so it's like one of those things where, you know, uh, some of the other terrible things that I used to do, like I was a kleptomaniac for pretty much my entire childhood. I didn't steal from like regular people. I only stole from stores. And the only thing that I really stole was I stole a lot of makeup. I stole a lot of makeup, candy, and sometimes um, what was, and like sometimes like jewelry or accessories. And the thing about it is like, I would get the cops called on me all the time. Like they would come to the house. They'd be like, you know, trying to scare me straight. And I'd just be like, okay, whatever. And then just go back to stealing shit. I've gotten dragged into that like store manager offices so many times. I think I, I don't know. Have you ever, <laughs> I kind of enjoy the shoplifting porn too. Have you ever seen it's like, have you ever seen? <laughs> it's like porn in the scenarios that basically the girls or whoever. Well, they're always girls. Let's be honest. No, they're okay. Okay, so they get caught shoplifting, and then basically they have to fuck the store manager to get out of it. And I mean, that never happened to me, but I'm actually kind of surprised. I mean, granted, I was like 12 years old, so that's probably a good thing that that didn't happen. But yeah, so so this is why I really think that I could share my real world experience. Because one time I got this personality test done at work and one of the traits that they gave me was that Hillary is very good at talking authoritatively about subjects she doesn't have very much knowledge about. <laughs> so if you just sound confident, people will believe you. And so that's, I mean, I think that's actually probably the most vital skill to becoming a motivational speaker or life coach, right? Just just like sound like you know what the fuck you're doing and people and i i mean honestly that's i think what has gotten me through most of my promotions and i mean i'm like at director level in my career and i don't have a college degree i barely graduated from high school you know it's there's lots of ways to fail and still be successful and i folks can help you figure that out just pay me a thousand dollars for you know a one-week seminar it's a it's that's a solid trade-off right how long have I been up here? I feel like I've been up here for a really long time. <laughs> Has it been five minutes? Okay. <laughs> I just like, I can't give away all my material right now because I got to leave them something to, you know, get when they pay me. So, okay, that's, that's all I've got. It's Hilo's Secret to Success for Losers. So first things first, I just want to say that you all are an amazing audience. Thank you for coming down and hanging out and watching and supporting live comedy. That's awesome of you all. Um, we got one more comic who's up here. I still haven't really told any jokes. Um, we're supposed to go until 8. If you all want, I can do a set after him and we can see if anybody else shows up. But you might be sick of seeing my face by now, so...
The first thing we're going to do is bring up one of my good buddies. This man just bought me a sparkling water, everybody. Make some noise for Hunter Uniac! Look at me. I don't even look like I know what sparkling water is. I don't. I, I just got fucking Kirkland water and I farted in it. That's sparkling water. All right. We're having fun there, guys. How are we all doing? It's Friday. We're all doing good. Fuck yeah. Spider-Man's in the audience. I love it. Black Spider-Man right there. You know, you only get one. Yeah. One password for the N-word. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's so fucked up. Yeah, Dan, Dan, Dan told me to come up like, can you do four minutes without insulting anybody? And I was like, yep. And now it's like, nope. Yep. I love it, man. I love it. Um, I was working today. You know, it's fun. I, who here has jobs? I asked you who here has jobs, and you always all look at me with, like, vacant fucking eyes. Just like, uh, the fuck's a job? Of course Spider-Man has a job. You're a fucking superhero. Jesus Christ. Like, Spider-Man, if you quit, all right? Like, the Avengers is ruined, all right? So, Tom Holland, um, what's going to happen in the next movie? We don't know, that he's not Tom Holland, because Tom Holland gives spoilers like a motherfucker. Yeah. That's right. What, what was that? He's also white. Did you have to whisper that like a fucking racist? Just, he's also white. That's not Spider-Man, all right? That's Black Spider-Man. It's Black Spider-Man. I know, Miles Morales. Yes. All right, I didn't see race. I was trying to be progressive, and you're like, no, that's not Tom Holland. That's Miles Morales. All right? I love it. We're having fun. We're having fun. Um, do you think um, like you know, like you know when um um um, um Spider-Man, the Amazing Spider-Man, when um like Spider-Man's dating uh the police chief's daughter, how different would that be if it was Black Spider-Man, Miles Morales dating the police chief's daughter? Do you know what I mean? Like you know, like when the cop when the cop like you know pulls out Spider-Man's mask, will the cop not shoot him, or will the cop have shot Spider-Man? Too fucking far? I don't think so. I think it's, it's politically accurate. All right. We're having fun. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I've been working um, for my dad recently. Like, I work uh, construction for my father, and um, he fell off a scaffolding a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. But, like, you know, he's fine. He's got a couple broken ribs. You know, he's in a wheelchair right now. But, like, I have to <laughs> – he's still, he's still fine. No, no, he's got broken ribs. He's in a wheelchair. No, he's not, he's not paralyzed. You know what I said? Yeah. But he's still coming into work. All right, so he's fine. And like, I have to wheel him through a construction site, and he's bitching at me the entire time, going, why the fuck is this place not handicap accessible? And I'm like, motherfucker, you made it. All right, you made the place. He's, he's on my back. Like, you know, I'm, I'm working on this, um, um, this um, shear wall or whatever, and like, um, my dad's like right behind me in the wheelchair, just, like yelling at me, like, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing that wrong. You know how beautiful it is to just get fed up with your father and just wheel him into a fucking corner <laughs> and just put him on timeout? Like, I got a construction cone, used it as a dunce hat, put it on his head. Like, he, his arms work, but I taped him to the fucking wheelchair so he couldn't take him off. Then I asked for a raise, you know. <laughs> it's, I did not get that raise. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you this story. Um, when I was um, 19, um, uh, it was my birthday, my 19th birthday, and um, I was, well, my buddy tells me, Hunter, it's your 19th birthday. I'm going to get you your weed card. All right? I'm like, fuck yeah. Um, I'm, I'm an early riser. All right, so I was like, fuck yeah, I'll meet you at 8 in the morning, and I'll bring a fifth of Jack Daniels. All right, let's get my weed card. He shows up at like 3 p.m. I'm fucking hammered. He takes me to the weed doctor. I'm so drunk, I try to high-five the receptionist behind the counter. 
you know, then we go into the uh, the weed doctor, and like, you know, the doctor's like, so what drugs do you, like, you know, he's asking me all these questions. And it's, it wasn't until I'm sitting down trying to hug the weed doctor's, um, hug the weed doctor, and he's going, dude, get the fuck off me. Did I realize I'm in fucking rehab right now? Yeah, this is a true fucking story. No, no, we, we accidentally went to rehab. Yeah, the fucking weed doctor was next door. Poor city planning. Poor city planning. Yeah, I swear to God. I swear to fucking God, the weed doctor's right next door. And I noticed that, and I'm like, Javi, we need to get the fuck out of here. But I, like, looking back, like, the, the question should have, you know, gave me hints. Because he's asking me, like, what drugs are you addicted to, sir? And I'm like, weed and alcohol, they're the best. <laughs> Anything else you like? Cocaine, is that an option? Are you telling me the weed card you're giving me is specifically designed for chopping up lines? Let's fucking do this, Steven. And then uh, I realized, you know, I'm in rehab, and um, I grabbed the fifth of Jameson. Because I remember I said Jack Daniels. I bought another fifth. All right, so I grabbed that fifth, I ran out, and um, I tripped on the door, and then I stood up and ran out again. The point is, my name's still in rehab. This turned really sad for you guys really fucking quick, didn't it? You're like, Hunter, you have an issue. Point is, though, guys, um, yeah, I'm proud of that moment. So, no, I, I'm drinking right now. Did I stay in rehab? <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not go I'm not gonna get convinced by somebody to take me to rehab and somebody wearing a onesie. All right. Overalls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew what they are, but again, I need to go to rehab, so I'm calling it a onesie. All right. You know what, people? You guys have been fun. Give it up for me. Give it up for Dan. That's my time. So, because of the fact that I'm really dumb, I made a mistake earlier, and I forgot about Roxanne. So, we have to bring up Roxanne to the stage before anything else happens. Everybody make some noise for Roxanne! So how's everybody tonight? Woo! Yeah. Uh, that's good. So I'm born and raised in Delhi City. I don't know if anybody knows where Delhi City is. Yeah. Yeah, where all the Filipinos are. So, so here's the thing about Delhi City, if you guys don't know. There's two things. Like, so like it's like really foggy out there. So like, you know, when people pass by there, you know, like driving through, it's like, it's like, oh my God, is that a city? And it's like another thing too, it's like, you know, mentioning about the Filipinos like you know there's a lot of Filipinos out there you know like I want to change the city's tagline to like their city's like mottos like like gateway to the peninsula to like it should be like don't worry if you get injured there's a nurse around every corner <laughs> so so yeah it's sad but true you know um you know I so going backtracking to like to like my hometown so let's talk about um, religion so you know, I wonder if Moses, you know, the dude with the with the staff who who part of the Red Seas. I wonder if he ever got laid. So you know, he's at a bar one time, and he's like, and then this lady comes up to him, "Hey, I see your staff. Um, I was wondering, what do you do? What can you do with the staff?" That's like, "Oh, you're wondering about my staff, huh?" And then so they go back to Moses's house, and it's like the lady's naked on his bed, and then Moses lifts up his staff, parts his hands, and accidentally rips the lady in half. It's like. I was like, oh, gee. And then most like, oh, geez, not another one. And then God's watching up, up from up above. It's like, 
Moses, what I say? I'm like, yeah, God, I know, but the lady, lady was curious about my staff, though. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's all crazy. You know, speaking of, speaking of religion and whatnot, you know, you know, I wonder, you know, if, Mo, if, um, if um, Noah, the dude with the ark, you know, I wonder if he ever asked Rihanna to get animals onto the ark. You know, Noah would be like, Rihanna, how do we get animals onto the ark? And then Rihanna would be like, it goes one by the one and the two by the two. <laughs> you know? And then, yeah. And then, you know, you know speaking of religion, you know, like, you know, I'm a 90s kid. I grew up with the 90s, you know, like, I grew up with, like, a lot of raunchy shows, you know, like, Ren and Stimpy, you know, that's all raunchy. And then, um, Beavis and Butthead. But, you know, the most raunchy show I ever grew up with, with is, um, what do you call it? It's Jerry Springer. I don't know if you guys remember Jerry Springer. You know, I wonder if they'd come back with just like one episode, like with the, it's like a fake, a fake episode and they call it a biblical episode, you know? And then, and then Jerry's like, would you all please welcome um, Joseph to the stage? Joseph. Hey, Joseph, why are you here? Like, you know, you know why I'm here? Because my wife slept with another man. And it was like, you know, my, and you know, my wife conceived a son and it's not even mine. And then, cause, and then and Jerry's like, could you all please welcome Mary to the stage? <laughs> hey, Joseph, hey, don't you talk to me. You know what you did. And then, and then and you see Jesus in the, in the audience, like, mom, dad, stop fighting. You ain't my son, you son of a bitch. What the hell are you doing here? All right, so, you know, before I go, I have one more joke, you know, so. Like um, me and my me and my family took a family trip to Las Vegas, like when I was a kid, and like we say a circus, circus, and me and my sister want to stuff snake at at the car at the midway games. It's cool and all, but me and my sister want to give it a name, and me and my sister are like, hey, why don't we name it Dildo? And then <laughs> and then me me and my my dad overheard this, like, what the fuck? Where'd you learn that name from? And I was like, isn't that the lightsaber that mom keeps in the bedroom closet? <laughs> I was like, yeah, use the force for that one, right? All right, that's my time. Keep it going for Roxanne, everybody. That was lovely. So we got a couple of other people that showed up, thankfully, so we're going to keep the ball rolling. Um, whenever she said, talked about Jerry Springer, I think the only thing... Um, worse than Jerry Springer is the Maury Povich show, if you all remember that. I remember one time I was at a doctor's office, and in the waiting room they had a Maury Povich episode playing, and they had a woman on there who had brought 17 supposed baby daddies onto the Maury Povich show. This bitch was on 18 episodes! <laughs> and they DNA tested everyone, and there was a moment in between commercials where it's like the entire tie between two sets of commercials were just her reaction the previous 17 times. <laughs> you are not the father. Oh! You are not the father. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rustin, that's sad. That's sad. But you know, TLC is where they're is picking up the slack because like, they're doing a lot of like trashy people TV shows. Have you seen the show called 600 Pound Life? Oh, man. Oh, man. Y'all don't even want to know about that shit. All right, so we're going to keep the ball rolling. 
Uh, right now, we're going to bring up one of my favorites. Everybody make some noise for Kyle Morrissey. I, ho I hope Morrissey's dead. That is dead to me, as far as I'm concerned. He's dead culturally. I hope he's dead physically soon. Seriously, I mean that. Um, take care. All right. What's up? What company do you work for? <laughs> what? What the hell is that, man? Oh, okay. So you're just a poser. You're wearing a marmot. <laughs> Take it off. No, I'm kidding. I, I, it's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, Russia and Ukraine. Uh, I got a lot of no-holds-barred opinions. That's going to really piss some people off because that's what I do. I just ripped the caution tape off in front of my mouth right before I came in here. Um, well, all right. So we all know Putin invaded Ukraine and people are pissed. Oh, who, whose side are you guys on? It, Okay, all right, fine, we're all keeping that to ourselves. Some people are very publicly opposed to this, and what I mean by that is uh, there were a bunch of women in Europe who got together to protest this invasion. They all, they all got topless. It was a topless protest, took their tits out. Hundreds of women filmed it, took their tits out in protest. That'll fucking show them. Uh, that if I was Putin... If I invaded Ukraine and the world responded by showing me their tits, I'd be like, well, clearly I'm doing Poland next. <laughs> like this, this, this doesn't seem like protest. It seems like positive reinforcement. It's, a, it's just a weird form of protest, you know? I don't think the opposite would work. I don't think a bunch of guys could whip their dicks out uh, to protest, I don't know, getting invaded unless it was... By China, uh, <laughs> the stereotypes are. Tr if the stereotypes are true, that might actually really fuck with their morale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that bomb the first four times I did it. I'm like, I'm fucking keeping it. I, I'm gonna. <laughs> something's gonna happen there. Um, just a road dicks, dude. When the landing craft hit, I I don't know. California is going to be China's Omaha Beach. I don't know what that means, but instinctively it feels like it's true. And and I'm really excited how the next uh, several decades pan out for us. Um. Anyways, I was I was getting my phone upgraded at Verizon recently, and. I was getting rung up by the cashier, and they asked what they always ask, which they're mandated to ask, which is, you know, would you like a case with your phone? And I was like, no, I actually I'm good. And they're like, well, you know, it's for protection. And I was like, yeah. I just like how it feels without the case, though. It just feels better. And they're like, I mean get the case, it'll probably last longer. And I was like, we're talking about phones, right? We're still talking about phones. Went back and forth and I just, I didn't, I didn't want to use a case. And they were finally like, I'm actually not comfortable with this transaction unless you buy a case. And I was like, dude, it like just feels better without, put it in your pocket. Let me just put it in your pocket for like two seconds. If it'll feel so much better. And I finally got them to agree. And the moment they put it in their pocket, I went, oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> Here's $200. <laughs> um, 
this, I mean, I feel like the only light side to this year so far is Kanye getting divorced. That's been a lot of fun to watch because he's making, he's threatening to kill Pete Davidson. He's making an ass of himself. The problem is it's public because he's just, he's having the meltdown of all meltdowns on social media. And like, when you watch, when I watch it, all I can think is like, I can't believe I fucking voted for this dude. <laughs> Remember that? I thought that was six months ago. We were all like, what, an egomaniac who publicly goes after people online? We would never do that again uh, for a third time. Yeah, that's right. Ask me about what I think of the 2020 election. That's right. I fucking said it. Meet me outside. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Say wasn't kidding he literally just walked the fuck out <laughs> okay um speaking of the no phone case thing i don't have a case on my phone the other night i was at uh hometown here i was in Ernest evangelite so just walks up to me while i'm sending a text message doesn't say anything else he just goes hey you go raw dog i was like what the fuck he goes you don't put a case on your phone i was like oh no <laughs> okay everybody we're gonna make a lot of noise right now for Brandon Daly, everybody! It's, it's cool. You don't have to clap. This is just a workshop. We're just working out jokes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit right here. Um, I had a week, or I had a joke last week that went uh, pretty swimmingly about Muslim terrorists. Uh, for the record, I'm not Islamophobic. But I can understand how some people are Islamophobic because, you know, you have certain people of the Islamic faith who are misconstruing the words of the Quran. You feel me? Uh, I've read the Quran, actually. I've only read three books in their entirety. Uh, the Autobiography of Malcolm X, Siddhartha, and the Quran. So essentially, I have the reading comprehension skills of an early 90s rapper. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I'm reading the Quran, and there's this there's this one part I'm paraphrasing, basically says, uh, any man who is not a follower of God, you know, he, he's not your friend, he is your enemy. And then behind that page was an instruction guide on how to make pipe bombs. <laughs> no, just me. I'm the, I'm the only nigga in here with the LeBron James version of the Quran. Okay. Um, they're, they're starting to loosen up on the airplane rules or whatever, which I'm excited for. I'm excited to travel more. Uh, I remember the first time I actually like got into traveling. I went all the way to Barcelona, first time by myself. It was cool. I got to you know immerse myself in the city and the culture, speak their language, eat their food. I also got to have sex with a prostitute for the first time out there, which was pretty fun. Uh, she was an African woman as well, so I felt really good about that because I got to support a black-owned business while I was out there. Uh, <laughs> is prostitution is not legalized here in America, but it should be at this point. Right, because the way I see it is like, why go fishing at the lake when I can buy fish at the supermarket? And you know, if you want to dive deeper into that metaphor, you have a higher chance of getting in trouble with the law fishing at the lake than buying the fish at the supermarket. So take from that what you will, gentlemen. But if you need me, I'll be in the seafood department. I I actually uh, was in a, I was like dealing with this prostitute for like a few months, like three to four months, and over the course of us, like you know fucking and talking or whatever, we kind of developed a friendship. Just like, you know, just a solid friendship, like, hey, how you doing, checking in on each other. And one day over the phone, uh, just jokingly, I'm like, what do you have me saved as? 
in, like in your phone. And she says to me, you know what? You're gonna be mad at me, but I don't even remember your name. I was like, you don't even remember my name? <laughs> We've only been like fucking and talking to each other for almost like four months. You don't remember my name? And here's the, here's the part that fucked me up because prostitutes and like strippers and all that, they have aliases. They don't just go running around telling people their real names. But over the course of us like becoming friends, she told me her real name. So it's like, it's weird because like my dick's good enough to make a prostitute confide in me and tell me her real name, but not remember mine. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, shattered. I was shattered. With all that being said though, I do care about the lives of prostitutes more than I care about the lives of regular women, which sounds crazy, but let me explain. Let me explain. So, say for instance, I'm texting a girl, right? Just a regular chick. We're texting or whatever. She calls herself liking me. And then one day she just stops responding. After seven days, I'm already like, okay, She's decided to ghost me, what took her so long. But if I'm texting a prostitute and I'm one of her regulars and she just stops responding, after seven days, I'm thinking, did someone kidnap this bitch? Like, is she alive? Is she arrested? Should I call her to check up on her? Like, okay. Y'all, you, you, you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I want a girlfriend, but I would like to have a girlfriend before I become rich and famous. Because if I become rich and famous, I'm not going to be able to trust another woman, you know, ever again. Because, like, how am I supposed to know she's, like, genuinely into me and she's not into me for, like, superficial reasons or trying to take advantage of me? Like, honestly, if I was rich and famous, like, if, if I didn't have a girlfriend until I was rich and famous, I would only keep her around for one reason. And, and that's the sacrificer to the Illuminati. <laughs> I feel like this... this, this Usually these jokes bomb when there's like women in the audience because they, they, they sway the opinion of the men. But you guys understand where I'm coming from. Um, how, how many, how much, how much time I got left? Like what, 20 seconds? All right. Um, is everybody in here familiar with how reincarnation works? And everybody in here is familiar with how Bill Cosby date raped over 50 something white women. So what if this whole time Emmett Till reincarnated as Bill Cosby. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Give it up for Brandon, everybody. Okay, that being said, we're going to move on um, to our next comic. This guy is actually a hell of a man, and I really respect the fuck out of him. Um, everybody, please make some noise for Narek Dibabarek. <laughs> it's been like two months since I've done comedy. Maybe one month since I've done stand-up. You guys do the math there. Um, I'm just gonna throw a bunch of stupid jokes at you. Um, no, that's the wrong. Oh fuck it, we're doing these jokes. All right, uh, I recently went through a breakup. Yeah, I found out she had a Robin Williams fetish. Started pretty innocently. She wanted me to put on a clown nose and then play doctor. Before I knew it, every game night was Jumanji. 
and she'd have me dress up like a 65-year-old British lady and vacuum her living room, always to the same song. Dude looks like a lady. Yeah, yeah. Finally, I knew it was time to break up. I held her like she was a young, troubled Matt Damon. And I told her, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. But then as I was walking out of the room, she gets up on the table and starts saying, oh, captain, my captain. By the way, oh, captain, my captain is what I had for breakfast this morning. That's what I call it when I put Captain Morgan in my Captain Crunch. It's part of the Drunk Breakfast Society. Um, you guys know Muhammad Ali didn't get a Wheaties box till like the year 1999 because of all the political stuff. I think that's a, I think that's a waste though because Wheaties is a high fiber cereal and they could have used the catchphrase Wheaties. You'll float like a butterfly and shit like a bear. Ooh, fine, <laughs> fine. Um, what else do I have? Uh, I went to a restaurant once and I ordered the catfish. They brought out a 52 year old man. Um, you guys like football? San Francisco, that, that never gets gets any noise. Um, I like football, but uh, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. It's kind of hard. They haven't been good since 1952, but that was an epic season. They had that one famous game, the Cleveland Browns versus the Board of Education. That game was so good, it ended Jim Crow. Um, that the roster was stacked that year too. They had Thurgood Marshall, Earl Warren. They just couldn't lose. Right, I'm gonna do one more joke. Um, oof. I also like the <laughs> oh, here's an easy one. Um, I also used to watch the Redskins because um, you know week after week they never had the most offensive points but they would have the most offensive mascot. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Give it up for Norik Dibaborik. Half the time in this life, I feel like I'm just like, you, you. It's like Stanton. Um, Jason, if you don't mind, Steve came up to me. Steve said, is it 20 years? He said he hasn't done stand-up in 20 years. He has two minutes. Steve, you ready? Yeah. Everybody make some noise loud for the, re the return of Steve. I, 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 didn't, I didn't plan this at all. This is the last minute thing here. I'll start talking about food, because everybody relates to food here. Um, getting more difficult to work in the food world. Everything's got to be politically correct. Uh, the other day, uh, I was at a restaurant, and I said, oh, I have some soup. And uh, they went, oh, you want some crackers of that? And I said, 
Yeah, I'll have some crackers. I went to have any of those gender neutral soup crackers. All right. Um, let's see, it's always difficult to order because I don't like cheese on anything. Uh, I was ordered in the restaurant, I ordered some minestrone soup. I said, minestrone soup, no cheese. And then they said, well, you want some salad? Okay, yeah, I want some salad. But with that, make sure no cheese. And then they said, uh, well, what do you want for a main meal? I said, well, I have a plate of pasta, no cheese. And they're like, what do you want to drink with that? I said, uh, just a glass of water. No cheese. Don't like any cheese in my water. I don't think you guys do either. Um, let's see. Oh, you know, I don't, I don't like any cruelty when I eat. Uh, I was in a restaurant the other day, and uh, I said, what do you want to eat? I go, I don't like any cruelty. So I said, what I would like is some of the cage-free hummus. I don't want to having any cruelty, the hummus being in cages. Uh, I don't like any animal cruelty. I was at the zoo the other day, and I was walking around, and I saw a, a chicken in a cage. And, you know, I've eaten chicken before, and I thought, here's this little, poor little, cute little chicken, and I've eaten chicken, I feel bad. But it had no room to move around. It was cruel, and I thought, oh, I, I don't like this. It makes me mad that it has no room to move around. And uh, so I got real mad, I moved on to the next cage. And the next cage, I saw a lamb. Now, I've eaten lamb before. And uh, here, this little soft lamb, and it hardly had any room to turn around, and it got me really, really pissed off. I just got so mad. I moved on to the next cage. I got so mad at the, mad at the next cage. The only thing I could think to myself was, how is the pastrami going to get any exercise? <laughs> All right, there's the old pastrami joke. Uh, dusted that one off. <laughs> um, Let's see, oh, we had this uh, heavy set lady here before. I got a friend, he's like uh, about 350 pounds. When people see somebody heavy, they don't think, all they see is the fat. They go, well, what's their problem? Why are they eating so much? You know, it's like, uh, uh, you know, they don't think, oh, maybe they could be an intelligent person. Maybe they could be real creative. I got this friend, his name is Dave. He's like 350 pounds. And uh, people don't know he's like really, really intelligent. Like when... He got divorced. He's so bright, he did his own divorce. He didn't have an attorney. He just represented himself. And this, he's, Dave is so bright when he got divorced, the only thing, his, his wife didn't get any money. She didn't get any alimony, nothing. The only thing she got was visitation rights to his back fat. <laughs> yep, I said it. I said that, visitation rights to his back fat. <laughs> okay, let's try one last thing, or maybe two quick last things. Um, let's see. Oh, I had a buddy that called me up the other day and he goes, uh, he goes, Hey Steve, I'm stuck at the airport. And I go stuck. What do you mean stuck? He goes, my flight was canceled. And I go stuck. Uh, Jewish guys were never stuck. We might be delayed, but we're never stuck. So I go, I'll give you another idea of the, of the mindset. This Jewish guy walks into a post office and he has a package he's going to mail to his wife. Gives it to the postmaster. The postmaster puts it on the scale. He goes, your package is too heavy. You'll have to add another stamp. The Jewish guy says, and that would make it lighter? <laughs> okay, uh, I think I'll move on to the next uh, here. <laughs> Everybody make some noise for Steve. Takes a lot of balls to do this shit. It takes a lot more to get back up after you've been 
you know, out of the game for a while. Let me tell you from experience. All right, we're going to keep the ball rolling. We got, are you a comic, sir? Hey! What's your name, sir? Lou? Cool. I'm going to call you Lou. All right. We got two more people left. Um, I may do like a minute. I, I threw out all my jokes again yesterday, but I mean, if you, if you guys will bear with me, I'll try some new stuff. Um, but right now, we're going to bring up one of my good friends. Um, I just enjoy this guy to the moon. Everybody give it up for Brian John. All right. Thanks, Dan. So I've been pretty uh, checked out at work lately. I decided I'd like fuck with my boss. I asked him for a month off to get circumcised. I asked for I wanted to ask for a ton of time off just to put him in a position where he has to go and like research how much a, is a reasonable amount of time to take off for an adult circumcision. Like I want him to like type that into Google. But he came back at me and he was like, you know, how about a week instead? And I'm like, maybe a week's enough for what you're packing down there, buddy. But I need a month. Well, <laughs> I, I, maybe, maybe even more. But the reason is that, like last time, I, I told him, like last time I didn't, last time I got circumcised, I didn't take enough time off, and my circumcision like didn't set properly. It, it, it didn't take. It, the foreskin grew back bigger and fuller. So I need to recover properly this time. People on my team like started like chattering about it. And so I sent out this email to kind of like clear things up. It, it said something like, hey team, just wanted to level set on my circumcision leave. I'll be taking the rest of March and most of April off to recover and to ensure that the circumcision sets properly, unlike last time. Sadly, it's come to my attention that some of you feel my leave is unjustified. And really, this cuts deep. I said something else at the end too, but I don't remember it. Sincerely, Brian. Yeah, and then my plan is once I get back from this week off, I'm going to immediately ask for another week off for foreskin reconstruction surgery. And then, and then I'm going to ask for some other genital thing. Um, all right, let's see. So uh, Yeah, this morning I was just thinking really fondly back on the times when um, my grandpa and I used to run the train. Like one of the, we had like a model train set up and... Grandma would come sit under the bridge and we'd say, we'd run the train on grandma, as we'd say. Those were, those were fun, fine times. Uh, get a tear in my eye. Um, did you guys hear that due to inflation, the rapper Chameleonaire is going to change his name to Committal Class? And the rapper 2 Chains is also changing, changing his name due to supply chain issues. Not enough chains. <laughs> uh, my car was getting old, so I, I drove it into a lake. I um, considered donating to 1877 Cars for Kids, but I was worried that it would tarnish this bad boy image I have. And I love pussy. I tried calling 1877 cars for pussy, but nobody picked up. I was just like, I have a Corvette. <laughs> like, if you'd like to make a call, please hang up. <laughs> Thank you, Lou. All right. Um, 
Did you guys hear that the San Francisco government is changing the name of the crime vehicular manslaughter to vehicular human slaughter? And I think this is great. I think it's finally time for women to break through the glass windshield. It's time. You know, we talk about that pay gap. I think it's time we close that pavement gap. Am I right? Women have been getting the short end of the bumper for, for too long. Uh, Got to s- spread the, spread the, not wealth, but the, the, the cadavers. <laughs> the blood. <laughs> spread the blood. All right. Thanks, everyone. And Brett. Give it up for Brian John, everybody. Now, boy, do I have a surprise for you guys. This guy performs all over the Bay Area. He just finished filming his first movie or TV show? Movie. He also has a song that's very popular on Spotify now. You can see him at the punchline. He just finished up a tour in the Midwest. Give it up for the one and only Jason King, everybody. <laughs> what an introduction, Eric. Give it up for Dan, everybody. And give it up for yourselves. You waited till the end. You came here. You did all this work. It's fucking good. This is great. I um, I like that this place has music. I recently, I came up to Shakira's Whenever, Wherever. And if you, I don't know if you know this, but Shakira's Whenever, Wherever has this one lyric where she goes, lucky that my breasts are small and humble. Yeah, she says that she has humble breasts. Pretty graceful way to reframe the fact that you have small tits. Right? <laughs> the next time a girl tells me that my uh, that I don't last too long in bed, I'm going to be like, hey, babe, my stamina is unpretentious. <laughs> when I come, I do so without hubris. <laughs> and then I curtsy and wipe my cum off her face. <laughs> See? I feel like in San Francisco, um, one thing I hate is the fact that people will use liberal narratives uh, to, like, condone their behavior. Ever notice that? Like, people will be like, I have an OnlyFans to dismiss the idea that the female body should be owned. Just say you want a Lexus. Right? People will be like, yeah, I don't want the female body to be managed. Then you go on to their OnlyFans like, for $5, you can control the dildo on my ass. <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's like the converse of like the conservative narratives. Like, we don't like Mexicans because they're stealing our jobs. It's like, no, you don't like Alejandro because he's stealing your girl. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else? Um, there a lot of women are working really hard right now to get rid of the stigma associated with like like when they talk about like their sexual behaviors they don't feel as bad and i'm all about it i'm all about getting rid of the stigma because i also don't want to feel as bad when i hear about my girlfriend's sexual history you know (laughs) right like (laughs) like like i don't want to feel my heart palpitate (laughs) every time my girl's like i had a lot of fun in my early 20s you know i don't want to feel that like i want I want a girl to share her sexual like history with me, and I'm like, Bukake, that's beautiful, <laughs> right? You're a cum-faced queen. 
to be, you know, you what? You uh, you had sex with your ex, his dad, and his granddad? Bringing the family together. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's see. I um, I can do three minutes about rape right now, or I can talk about, <laughs> I have a show where I have to pitch a company idea, and Ian suggested an idea, and I want to pitch that idea to you. Can I do that? All right, it's going to be a little weird because I'm reading from my phone, but here we go. Here's my company idea. Is there someone in your life that you hate? Is there an organization that you want to go down? Is there a building you don't like? All these things feel very unrelated, but I have a solution for you. I recommend ISIS. <laughs> We're a collection of small business owners. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a proven track record. And this is this moment where I bring out a picture of Pete Davidson, and we and I go, we killed his dad. And then, <laughs> and there's a thumbs up picture of Kanye West. <laughs> and then I have a jingle, and it goes, if you want to ice somebody, make sure that you use ISIS today. All right. <laughs> You want to hear about our margins? Very good. Most of our employees never make it to payday. <laughs> what are we looking for? For 10% of our company, we want $100,000 in the lives of a few of your unborn. <laughs> all right. That one's too aggressive. Let's see. Uh, all right. That's it. That's, that's what I have so far. So, all right. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Don't know. Jason King, everybody. Marty, I'm going to get you up. I've been hosting all night. I haven't been able to try anything. Can I do like two minutes and then I'll get you up? Okay. All right. All right. Everybody give it up for your next comic. He's a San Francisco guy. He's not very funny, but he tries really hard and he hustles his ass off. Dan Britton, everybody. I find it really funny that people who are uh, are conservative are also really not comfortable with transgender because a lot of people who are conservatives are are very you know uh, very Christian you know and it seems to me like cutting your dick off is such a a pivotal part of the Christian tradition. It's like you would think that they would love the transgender people, you know. You came at the perfect time, sir. <laughs> well, at least at least that wasn't awkward. Okay. Um, I just fucking hate my jokes. I can't even tell you guys. Like, I, I'm not a bad thinker. I'm not a bad writer. But I'll think of a joke, and for like an hour and a half, I'll just be like, <laughs> I got a funny fucking joke. Everybody's going to like this one. And then I'll tell it once, and I'll be like, ha, ha, ha. I'm the fucking man. <laughs> and then I'll tell it again, and then it, they'll just be like you guys are being right now. And I'm just like, oh, that joke sucks dick. Fuck that. I'm basically like an unloyal boyfriend to all of my jokes. Because it's like, ha, ha, ha. I hit it once. I like this chick. Ha, ha, ha. She's barely emotionally manipulative. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, after, like, three weeks, I'm just like, yeah, I'm done with this girl. Where's the next one? Where's the next one? I just, I don't know. I get bored with people, you know. 
It happens. It happens, especially whenever people are boring. I find that most people are boring. Don't you guys? It's like whenever you talk to someone, they're just like, yeah, so we were thinking about going up to uh, Whitaker for the weekend, and then we have to get a sitter, and it's just like, oh, my God. I'd kill myself if I were you. That's the whole thing that I don't understand about people who are really conservative, who are like super like pro-life, pro-life. Like, is life really that fucking great? Like, is life really so awesome that like everybody has to experience it? Like, I think that life is, is, can be great at times, but it's just so fucking hard so much of the time. I think that like to openly invite so many people into the world is really just more harmful to the people that you're bringing to the party. It's like you're bringing, what's up, guy? It's like you're bringing, Guy Rubin, everybody, give it up for him. It's like, I'm gonna throw a party. I'm gonna have no music, I'm gonna have no drinks, I'm not gonna have any anything except for whatever the people bring. And then you invite all the people and then they're like, this is the shittiest fucking party I've ever been to, man. It's like, well, you should have brought your own drinks. It was BYOB, B bring your own music, all of that. You know, I made a joke earlier about, you know, not being loyal to my old jokes, but hey, at least they got one laugh. This is not getting me anything. Anyway, um, tomatoes are funny, aren't they? No, I'm not going to even waste my time with that. Um, I appreciate you guys giving me the, this moment to explore. Like I said, I just... I. I read some of my stuff sometimes and I just say, this isn't me, this doesn't feel like me. This isn't what I want to say. I want more from myself, so I just fucking chucked it. Anyway, we're gonna keep the night rolling. This next guy works for PG&E. I just met him, but he seems like a cool cat. Everybody make some noise for Marty! Yeah, I don't think people were supposed to know that I'm about to talk some shit, but I'm off the clock. So, just recently, took a little trip, ate a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> you know, isn't it funny when usually when you're talking shit, that's when the elevator doors open as you're waiting in line. It's always, you get caught in the middle of some fucking bullshit. Uh, but where am I going with this? Yeah, completely off guard. I was just stopping by. We didn't really have much planned out or anything. See what I got. You know what? I'm just gonna go on a little rant. I'm gonna start with gas prices are too fucking high and people seem to have forgotten. So like, what the fuck? I'm ready to in invade the Ukraine my goddamn self. I heard they got gas. Or I'll just start stealing it like my cousins do down in Mexico. Get in touch with them. You know, just like Daddy Yankee, quiero más gasolina. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing about the Ukraine that's weird is that all of a sudden a bunch of people are patriotic for a fucking country they don't live in. And it's like, uh, what about here? Like, how many of you guys have supported the troops by any chance? Nobody? I'm the only one? I supported the troops because I fucking started giving them mushrooms when I was down in Monterey, just handing them out like candy to these guys. And they were stoked because they know they could pass a drug test taking these fucking mushrooms. So that was pretty awesome. And then also that year that I was fucking those army chicks is the first year I had to pay taxes. I wonder. That military gate pussy costs money, guys. I'm telling you what. But that's all I got for right now. I didn't come with my guns bla blazing this time. Maybe next time. You guys take care, man. Thank you. Give it up for Marty, really quick. 
right. I'm about to bring up the last comic of the night, but before I do that, I just want to give a quick round of applause to our audience tonight, including Lou. Lou was here for the whole fucking show and sat through it all. Did you have a good time, Lou? Yeah. Awesome. And what was your name, friend? Yeah. Lou and ASAP, everybody. Let's make some noise for our beautiful audience. And let's make some noise for our sound in the back. All right, so your last comic of the night. This guy is fucking awesome. He's really super funny. Give it up for Guy Rubin, everybody. What's up, guys? How we doing? Guys, keep, keep going for yourselves, man. You guys are awesome. All right, let's just clear the air immediately. I know. I look like the Jewish douchebag version of Patrick Mahomes. He's got to laugh before I even said it. He's like, I was thinking that shit. Yeah. All right, guys. You guys couldn't tell I'm Jewish. And, um, yeah, man, it's tough. And, like, my mom, she knew I was, like, Jewish, like right, when, like, right when I was born. She immediately knew. And, like, she told me that she knew because when I was born, the doctor was like, wow, he's coming out. Oh, the umbilical cord is quite long. Oh, um, uh, never mind. That's his nose. Yeah, your son's a Jew. But she also knew because my mom's pregnancy when I was born was three days late, you know, like, like, that's how you know you're Jewish when you're late to your own birth. You know, I came out and I was just like, sorry, sorry, sorry. I had just had an appointment with the clitoris. Um, how much for the birth, doctor? $11,000? Put me back in the vagina. Yeah, man, it's tough, you know, because like when I was a kid, like I was extremely insecure about my nose. And I would, like, act out and lie a lot, you know? And, like, like any great mom, my mom would discipline me out of lying by making me watch Pinocchio. You know, she'd be like, Guy, if you lie, then your nose will get even bigger. And I was like, all right. But if I tell the truth, then, like... He's like, no, you're gonna have to watch a different movie. Yeah, man, it's tough, you know? It's tough. And that's kind of why we love Corona. By the way, I'm talking about the Jews I represent... Because, like, did you guys know that due to coronavirus, 43% more male Jews are having sex? You guys know that? Because thanks to corona, us Jews finally get to wear a mask, you know? So, like, now, like, when I, I went on a, I went, like, look, when I went, what's, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even say anything yet. What do you want like, like, look, this, like, this is the thing, man. Like, when I went on my first, like, when I went on the first date with a Jewish girl during corona, like, we both had to wear a mask, you know? So, when I, so, like, when we went out, you know, it was the first time that a girl got to know me for my personality. You know, instead of getting mad at me for accidentally poking her in the eye with my nose, you know? But at the same time, it was just, it was probably like, it was, it was an amazing date, you know, because next thing you know, she took me to her bedroom. And in a matter of seconds, we made love. And I didn't understand why she didn't reject me like all the other girls, you know? And, and she even said, she's like, guy, let's do round two. But like, can you take off your mask this time? I was like, all right, fine. And I took off my mask, and then she took her mask off. And I was like, wow! Her nose is even bigger than mine! And then I blacked out. Woke up an hour later in the hospital. I was like, doctor, what the fuck happened? Like, my eye, my eye was all red and shit. And he's like, you see that Jewish girl that brought you in? Yeah, she poked you in the eye with her nose. I was like, damn. I was like, damn, doctor, I got to work on that shit. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> ha! You got a cool list of noises. 
Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. Um, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. You know, I don't care. I like this guy. He's a fellow G. You can tell by his smile on his nose. Um, yeah, man.